Welcome to this inspiring message brought to you by Kingsword Media Outreach, a part of Kingsword Ministries International. We hope this teaching inspires you and transforms you into all that God has destined you to be. Please stay tuned for more information about Kingsword Ministries International following this message. May God bless you as you listen. Thank you, precious Holy Spirit. You're a great and awesome Father. Lift your hands to heaven and just thank God for a minute. Father, we appreciate you. You're God of all the earth. You're the Father of life. This moment is yours, Holy Spirit. Use it for your glory and do what only you can do. Let every heart be open to receive from you. In the name of Jesus, speak into the atmosphere right now. Let the presence of God fill this place and the glory of God overwhelm our hearts let your word come with accuracy let it come with precision let every life be touched this is your moment holy spirit do what only you can do we ask in the name of jesus hallelujah glory to god we started talking about multiplication and um I'm amazed as how God begins to open up different dimensions of multiplication. I'm amazed at the length and breadth at which God goes to open up his word for us to see exactly <clears throat> what's going on. You need to realize that you are a spiritual entity. You are a spiritual entity. You are born of a spirit. So your essence and your actual sustenance must come from the spirit. You are a spirit. That's who you are. The God that created you is spirit. So the thing that proceeds from you has to be spirit. You are spirit. The thing that sustains you must come from the spirit. Okay? Turn your Bibles to John chapter 6. From verse 53. Then Jesus said to them, Truly I say to you, if you do not take the flesh of the Son of Man for food, and if you do not take his blood for drink, you have no life in you. I'm reading the Bible in basic English. It said, He who takes my flesh for food and my blood for drink has eternal life. And I will take him up 
from the dead at the last day. My flesh is true food and my blood is true drink. He who takes my flesh for food and my blood for drink is in me and I in him. As the living Father has sent me and I have life because of the Father, even so he who takes me for his food will have life because of me. This is the bread which has come down from heaven. It is not like the food which your fathers had. They took of the manna and are dead. But he who takes this bread for food will have life forever. Jesus said these things in the synagogue while he was teaching at Capernaum. Then hearing this, a number of his disciples said, This is a hard saying. Who is able to take in such teaching? Such teaching? When Jesus became conscious that his disciples were protesting about what he said, he said to them, Does this give you trouble? What then will you say if you see the Son of Man going up to where he was before? The Spirit is the life giver. The flesh is of no value. The words which I have said to you are spirit and they are life. The words which I have said to you are spirit and they are life. So it says that Jesus who is spirit is giving out what? Spirit. So the words coming out of him they are spirit and they are life. So when you speak what happens? Spirit is coming out of you. When you communicate to people spirit is coming out of you. Life is coming out. Of you. So it means that your words are what? Life. Your words are life. It said the spirit is the life giver. The flesh is of no value. So the flesh doesn't do anything. That's why I said that you are spirit. And your source is spirit. So everything that proceeds from you is spirit. So when you talk, when you communicate, the way I'm talking to you right now, what's happening is that spirit is coming on you. Life is coming on you. As the words are going forth, spirit is coming out of me and coming on you. That's why they say words are very powerful. And that people um, are always very careful of what they say to other people because what you're saying is you're transferring spirit. You're transferring spirit. Why is it that somebody will say something and another person will go somewhere and what that person has said now comes to pass? Because the spirit has gone forth to do something. Someone called me was chatting with me and said that oh um I, I i i was i was gonna do something and um the 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 company in charge said that uh the stuff was not ready and if i'm going to pay for it it will cost me so much money to pay for it so i called the company who was to do that thing for me to get me a card to, so that I can have access to that service and the company said my card is not ready that they are still working on it so when, when she told me over the chat the spirit of God just came on me and I said to her and I sent her a chat back I said right now receive speed in the name of Jesus 
and let everything work together for good. The next day, she just bust me and sent me a chat. Testimony, testimony, testimony. I said, what is it? He said, they called to say that the card is ready. What happened? Spirit has gone forth over the situation and life has happened. So when Jesus says, the words I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. That means they carry a substance that carries life. So they are not just empty words. They are not flesh words. He says the flesh has no value. So anything you do in the flesh has no value. Anything you do by the flesh, it has no value. Alright. So the spirit is what has value. Glory to God. First Samuel chapter 22. I want to show you something about multiplication. How that the, the, the idea, the thought in my mind and in my heart that God has, the picture I'm seeing about multiplication that God has, has shown to me is that we are designed by God to multiply. On Wednesday I was talking about um, um, how that the blessing that God has blessed us with is the blessing of multiplication and that God said be fruitful and multiply and when God blessed man, what God told him is that be fruitful and multiply. That the pronunciation of the blessing is that you are fruitful and then you multiply. Glory to God. Look at 1 Samuel chapter 22 from verse 1. So David went away from there and took cover in a strong place at Adullam. And his brothers and his father's people hearing of it went down to him there. And everyone who was in trouble and everyone who was in debt and everyone who was bitter in soul came together to him and he became captain over them. About 400 men were joined to him. This was not a time, this was not a good time in David's life. It was not a good time in the sense that he didn't need all these kind of people. King James Version says, men who were in distress came to him at the time. So at that time, he did not need distressed men. He didn't need people who were bitter. He didn't need people who had trouble at all. No. He needed people who had sanity in their mind. He needed people who could get him out of the trouble. But at this time, what happened? He was surrounded with men who were bitter and who had challenges. People who were in debt. And they came around him to, for him to be captain over them. So I was studying and reading and, and trying to understand why this was not the time that David needed all these kind of people around him. But then, these are the people that God brought to him. What is he saying? He's saying in essence that David had something in him that needed to multiply in these people. These are the same people scripture said in, in 2 Samuel that they became mighty men of David. So you find yourself in certain situations and certain circumstances and certain uh, places where you feel like oh everybody that just come around you has one problem or the other everybody just wants a counsel everybody wants a wisdom from you or something and you're wondering what, what, what's all this what's all this no 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 god is saying to you multiply he's saying to you multiply the blessing i put on you is for you to be fruitful and multiply how do you multiply you multiply by spirit coming out of you and dropping upon people and they are becoming who God says they are. 
how you multiply. He said, never back down from a challenge. Never try to look for the easy way out. Find the way out in Christ. You are not here because of you. You are here because of others. So when God is giving us the command to multiply, what he's saying is that, look, I've put something inside of you that other people should draw from. You are not an empty vessel. I put something inside of you that should be a blessing to other people. So multiply. The easiest thing for David at that time was to move with a mighty warrior, a great army, a ready-to-fight army. But guess what? What was needed for his next level were in these same people that didn't look like it. These same people that didn't they didn't have the 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 atmosphere. They didn't look like a, like mighty men of David. They didn't look like a warrior. They were in debt. They had everything going wrong for them. But everything needed for his next level and their next level was inside him. What he needed to multiply. Spirit and life needed to come on flesh. At the end of David's life in 2 Samuel chapter 23 verse 8, the Bible began to list out these men. These men. But now the Bible calls them the mighty men of David. Calls them David's men of war. What has happened? The story had changed. At that point, something had come out from David into them and they had now become mighty men. Spirit had come out from David into them. Life had, be, had been multiplied. Impact has been made. The essence of living has been fulfilled. Meaning has been added to existence at that time. So ask yourself, when you find yourself in certain situations and it looks to you like there is no headway, there is no movement forward, um, things are not just going the way, I'm, I'm asking for this, but all these other things are coming my way. What God is saying to you is multiply. So the question is, what part are you playing in the meaning of life what is your role in the impact of the world what is your role what role are you playing on earth apart from the me my wife my children my dog my cats apart from all that what role are you playing in the world who is drawing from you what impact are you making where do you stand in the affairs of life? Can God trust you with the resources to transfer spirit and life to people all around you? I tell people that, look, the place you are, the location, the, the family, the environment, it's not a mistake. God didn't put you there by error. You didn't get there unknowingly. You didn't just stumble into the place and say, oh, well, yeah. No, 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 no. That's not what happened. There is a reason. There's a reason. So that other people can be all they are in Christ Jesus. Tell somebody, multiply. In Luke chapter 5, we see the story of Peter and his crew. They were going out to fish. They encountered a challenge. 
But more importantly, they encountered a Jesus that will not back down from a challenge. Then, yes, they went out of fish. But then they encountered the problem. But more than the problem, they encountered a Jesus that would not back down. So, ask yourself, when, I, when I'm going through stuff, when I'm faced with a challenge, what God is saying to me at that point is, boy, girl, multiply. Let something come out of you. Let something come out of you. Let something come out of you. And look at that. It's very, very interesting. In Luke chapter 5, very interesting story. Look, they went out to fish. The problem was fish. They wanted to catch some fish. They couldn't catch some fish. They've tried everything. We've toyed all night. We've done here, done here. Don't decide, decide. Done everything by the book. And here comes Jesus. And Jesus said, cast your net on this side. And he said, no, we've done, we've done, we've done. Said, no. But your word will do that. And then they did. What happened? They caught a lot of fish. But guess what happened in verse 11? Put up verse 11 for me. Verse 11. It says, And when they had got their boats to the land, they gave up everything and went after him. Question. What were they after before? When they encountered Jesus, they left the fish. The fish that they were shouting and screaming that, hey, if I don't get this car, oh, heaven must fall. If I don't get this house, ah, this must happen. If I don't get this job, oh, everything. It's not the job you need or the car. It's Jesus. So when they encountered Jesus, they left the fish. <laughs> what is fish? But that was the thing that they were after. That was the problem. That was the headache they had. At that moment, if you had gone to them and said, look, what's, what's, what's troubling you right now? They said fish. So if I give you fish now, will everything be okay? They say yes. And Jesus gave them fish. And they were like, no, they left the fish that was the problem and followed the Jesus. What does that tell you? Impact. Impact. The impact you make in the lives of people is the most important thing. So someone comes to you and says, Ah, you know, I've been having this problem. And all you were thinking at that moment was, Ah, you have come again. Every time, 1,000, 2,000. No, you don't understand. You just don't understand. If you are thinking impact, by the time you give the person the 1,000, you follow your God. He will leave the 1,000. The matter will not be 1,000 again. The matter will not be the problem that brought the person. I don't know if you get what I'm saying. Impact. Why? Because you are transferring spirits and your life and transferring life. It will be impact. They realized that life was more than fish. But they were after fish all the while. And fish was what led them to, to Jesus. Fish was what brought them. So you, we find out that God brings people your way with different kinds of problems. And then we just take it for levity. Oh, okay. No. Christ is looking for a way to find expression in us. It's the only way they could understand. Jesus could not have come to them and said, I am Jesus the Christ, the Lord of... They, they, 
Oh boy, Alpha, forget now. They talk fish, they talk. No. But he had to come in a way they will understand. So imagine the people all around us that God has brought our way. And we sit down and they're talking about football. And, and we just say, forget Jerry. No. Since they are talking football, let me excuse myself. No, you stay there and have the discussion with them. That's the way they will understand. That's the only way Christ will find expression. They're talking about something, politics, and you know about politics. You sit down, you talk with them. Something from you will drop on them. They will leave politics and begin to talk about something else. Spirit and life is being transferred. Spirit and life. Anyone and everyone can change. Anyone. You don't put people down or tell them off. No. You'll be shocked. You'll be shocked. The gatekeeper is the one that opens the car for the ogre that you are struggling to drop your, your proposal in the office. The gatekeeper could avoid just say, Oga, there's one man that's been coming here. This is the proposal. Why? Because you just like, you're always good to him. Anytime you, you treat him with honor. Ah, good day, sir. How are you today? How's your family? You ask about his welfare. You ask. You don't treat people, talk people off or put them down. No. You don't undermine their ability because you appear to be in a better position than they are. You don't. I put up something on my post, I think during the week or so. They said there's some good in the worst of us and some bad in the best of us. Jesus is the only one who is perfect. So just because you appear right now to be in a position where it looks that you are like you're like above this person i saw a picture i think on instagram i'm not sure during the week or so this lady was this lady, apparently she's a help and then she was she was sleeping in the kitchen you saw that picture i was like this is crazy who does that just because you appear to be employing the person if you come to my house you will know that my help is a help you know when when she's done and she's going home i tell her thank you i'm paying her yes doesn't mean she's low no she comes to church here she was supposed to even be here today i'm not forcing her you'll never be perfect you're human you've done some crazy stupid things yes you call her and me pastor crazy stupid things you will never be perfect never Jesus is the only perfect thing I have good news for you you are not done doing stupid things you will still do some more yes I'm preaching you're not done look at your neighbor tell your neighbor you ain't done Your neighbor is not tell your neighbor you ain't done. You're talking like a preacher. Say you ain't done. Yeah. There's still some stupid things you will do. Some crazy things. That when we when we hear say, ah, 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 that's what we'll do. But then Jesus is the one that is perfect. So you don't put people down or look down on them because of one thing they did or because you are aware. Uh-uh. If we are aware of your own, do you know what will happen? No. 
You don't. People are your most valuable asset to multiply. An impact is what you should look at all the time. When you interact with people, how can I make this person a better person? How can spirit and life come from me into this person? So that when this person leaves me, this person will be better for it. That should be your driving force. That should be your goal. Each time and every time. What does it mean to multiply? It means to have dominion in your space. To express yourself to the fullest potential possible. At every point in time without apology. That's what it means. To have dominion within the space that God has given to you. Within the environment that, that God has, has called you to be in. You express yourself. Without apology. To the full potential that God has given you. It means to conquer territories. Wherever the sole of your feet treads. To be a force to reckon with. By the thoughts and ideas you champion. The things you, you, do, you talk about when you're in the board meeting, when, you are, when you're having a business meeting, when, you, when you're in your home with your family and all that, when you're around people, the thoughts and ideas, the things that come out of you, they're not cheap talk. No, they're weighty talks. They're things that carry spirit and carry life. The flesh does not multiply anything. That's what Jesus said, the flesh has no value. He said, the words I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. They are the ones that transform. So you need to get yourself in a position where what you are, what you are emitting is spirit and is life. And it's changing lives. It's impacting people. It's impacting people. To multiply means to face challenges headlong with the aim of finding solution to them because they are in you. Just like Jesus, he won't back down from a challenge. He won't back down from anything. No, because it's in him. He knows that he carries the solution. So he won't give up on anything. He won't. He won't. Three reasons you need to multiply. One, it's in your spiritual DNA. It's in your spiritual DNA. God, who is your source, is a God of multiplication. We came out of him. He took off himself on us. Genesis 2, 7. It says, And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the bread of life and man became a living being. So you and I came out of him. Imagine if God was selfish with himself. Where would you be? You that you are trying to be selfish with your ideas. Where would you be? If God was selfish with himself, he said, no, 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 uh-uh. How can I give him two hands? And No, let's give him one hand, one hand and one leg. Let him be walking like this. Really? He could have said that because he's God. He has everything. He's okay, no. Instead of two noses, let's give him one. He'll walking like this. I'm breathing like this. Why? No, he didn't. I was telling us the other day that some pastors who came here was asking me, were asking me, how did you do this? How did you do this? I told them everything. There's nothing to hide. I told them everything. It's been given to you freely. 
So it's in your spiritual DNA. So you need to know that that's how God is. God is a multiplying God. He's a multiplying God. He says replenish the earth. Feel the earth. Subdue it. Have dominion. He's a multiplying God. And the second one is that nations are in you. If you don't know, look at your neighbor. Say as I'm looking at you. There are nations in you. Do you know? Get a reply. The fulfillment of other people are tied to you. They are tied to your fulfillment and tied to all you can be. There's a story in Esther. You know, Esther, a very interesting story. Very, very interesting story. There was one lady who, who felt that she was the fairest in the land. Vashti. Oh my God. She felt she was everything. Irreplaceable. Oh, how can the king send for me? No, I'm not going. Guess what? Who brought her downfall? A servant. A servant. Suggested to the king. Oh God. Now you the rubbish like this. And the king was like, not true. Ordinarily, the king would not have thought to remove Vashti from that position. But I want to believe that Vashti had the, had the, had the, what, what's it called? She was always used to putting down people. She was always used to doing that. Putting down people. And he said, this is what's going to happen. She's going to lose her position. When you begin to think about yourself in everything you do, you're planning your downfall. When you begin to think about me, 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 me. Because she was concerned about her own prestige. How can I, Queen Vashti, come and dance before all these people? That was the beginning of her downfall. So life doesn't always revolve around you all the time. No. If you see the way he, 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 he said to me, he said it. Removed it to me. That's the way he talks. Are you getting it? Ah, the way she looked at me. Ah, I knew it was because somebody told her something. She looked at you. Forget it. That's how she looks at people. Why do you? Life doesn't always revolve around you all the time. It's bigger. There's so much to life. It's, so when you begin to put yourself in every nitty gritty, you are, you are putting yourself small. No. Nations are in you. But a lady came, Esther. Look at Esther chapter 4 from verse 10. It said, then Esther told Hacha to go back and relay this message to Mordecai. 
all the king's officials and even the people in the provinces know that anyone who appears before the king in his inner court without being invited is doomed to die. Let me give you the background. This was um, Mordecai sending a message to Esther and saying that, look, there's a plot to kill the Jews. There's a plot to kill the Jews. But Esther was in the palace. But it happened to be that, look, Mordecai said, don't think that you will escape when this thing happens. Don't think that you are there because you are in a high place that you are covered. No. Don't think that because um, you are not on the street and people sleeping on the street, that's their business. It doesn't concern you. No. Don't think about that. God put you there for a reason. He said to um, 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 Esther, could it be that you are there for such a time as this? Could it be that God has placed you in that office, in that home, in that environment for such a time as the one you find yourself in? Could it be? Could it be? He said, if you keep quiet at a time like this, deliverance and relief will come for the Jews will arise from some other place but you and your relatives will also suffer who knows if perhaps you are made queen for just such a time as this it now dawned on her that look life is bigger than me if the Jews are in trouble then I'm also in trouble so I realized that the position that I'm in God has put me there not just for me but for other people God has put me there so that I can multiply, so that I can be a blessing to every other person. Nations are in you. It dawned on her. It dawned on her. And then the third one, it is God's plan for you to multiply. It's the plan of God. In Genesis chapter 11, God has told some people, be fruitful and multiply. They decided that no, we will not multiply. We will stay here. We will die there. And then they stayed there and decided to build a tower to heaven. And said, this God, we must see this God today. And then they began. What happened? God came down and said, what's going on here? This is what I ask you people to do. They know we have technology now. We have arrived. So we must show. That's what that's basically what they were doing. We have arrived. So we must show. The town, we must paint the town red. We have arrived. And what happened? God confused their language. Confused their language. Why? Because that was not his plan. His plan was not for them to stay on one spot. His plan was them to what? Replenish the earth. So if we confuse their language, they will spread out. So what God is saying to you and I, that look, in this season of multiplication, it's not a time to sit down. It's a time to get ideas. It's a time to innovate. Start thinking great things, big things. How can I make impact in the nations? How can I 
I'm in this city of Padakot. I do this and do that. How can I? God give me an idea that will change the city. That's impact. That's multiplying. Spirit and life is coming out of you. Leke is not here today. Some of the things, when I sit down with him and I talk to him, I tell him, I say, you cannot do architecture the way everybody is in architecture. For what? No. Think beyond this level. How can you transform the city? That's impact. Spirit and life is coming out of you. We talk about the business, some of the businesses you're doing. Nation businesses. Is it to provide food for only you? Thinking of how to employ 1,000 people. Thinking of doing business with nations. That is how you multiply. Because it's in you, nations, and you just don't know it yet. Just like Esther, you're thinking that, oh, I'm now in the palace. Oh, welcome everybody. It's the palace. I'll just have some party, and we'll just have some palace party. No. That's what these people were doing. And guess what? The children... The, the, the disciples do the same thing. They receive the Holy Ghost. The same thing they were doing in Acts of the Apostles. On one spot, Jesus told them, say, preach the gospel all over the world. What happened? They stayed on one spot. They stayed on one spot. They received the Holy Ghost and then they stayed on one spot. They just stayed on one spot. What did God do? He sent persecution. That evangelism that they did, it was not their idea. It was because there was persecution. So they were running to different places. Don't you get? It wasn't because ah, they were so zealous for God. No, left to them, we will die here. We ain't going nowhere. But God said, that's not the plan. My plan is to multiply. The same thing that happened to them in the Tower of Babel. That's not the plan. The plan is to multiply. God is a multiplication God. He multiplies in each of us. So you can't, we can't just stay complacent. We're okay where we are. No, 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 no. Oh, pastor, we just like our church like this. Just let me be seeing rows and seeing everybody working. No, no, no a multiplication. That's why I tell you that everywhere you go, there are people connected to you that your impact is supposed to tell them, come, let's go to that, your church. Your God will be my God. Because you're making impact. Because you're making impact. Multiplication. So they stood, they built the tower. God confused them so that they would spread out. They received the Holy Ghost. God sent persecution so that they would spread out. So that they would spread out. So sometimes we think that, ah, we have, uh, you know, when you look at nations of the world, there are many nations of the world that have multiple languages most of the nations of the world that have multiple languages are the poorest check it out India do you know how many languages 
But find out those nations that have one language. Most of them are the richest. Diversity of tongue is a curse. It's not a blessing. How do I know? When God would restore, He gave us one tongue. A tongue of the Spirit. That in that one tongue, we can attain any height. Look at Genesis 11. He said, these people are one and they speak what? One language. He said, whatever they imagine to do, they will do. Why? They speak one language. Let us go and confuse their language. Then in Acts of the Apostles chapter 2, the Holy Ghost came, one tongue, uniting all of us. That when we speak that tongue, everything responds to us. When we speak that tongue, whatever we imagine to do is done. When we are under that atmosphere, speaking in tongues, that tongues is now uniting all of the resources of heaven and everywhere to get us to do things that are unimaginable. To get ideas to flow from you. Thoughts that will change nations and change the lives of people to come out of you. So we don't make light of speaking in tongues. We don't make light of it at all. We don't just put it down and say, oh, and just, you know, power is coming out. Spirit and life is happening. Ideas are dropping. Divine thoughts and ideas. Nation changing thoughts. You are innovating. You are multiplying. Thoughts are dropping on you. Things that would change. The, 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 the problem most times is that, like we read in the devotional, we don't dare to ask. When those things are coming, we're scared. Ha! Ah, it cannot be me. It is you. Ah no, no, God cannot be talking to me. Maybe he's talking to somebody else. No, it is you. It is you. I read the story of an Indian man. God told him, he said, I want you to build me a school. When God told him to build him a school, he didn't have money for one bag of cement. But God told him to build him a school. When God tells you something, he's not asking you to do it by your strength. He's saying, trust me to use you to do it. What do you have that you want to give to him? Nothing. We are custodians in his hands. He entrusts us with resources so that we can multiply. He's a multiplying God. So the next time you are praying for that job and saying, God, the salary is like five million a month. Have it at the back of your mind. It's not for you. Because the moment you begin to think you, you just, one angel will just say, God, 
Christ will not be armed. It's not for you. It's for a life beyond you. So that God entrusts you and know that whatever he commits to your hand, nations will be blessed because of you. Why do you think Bill Gates will forever be rich? Do you know what he's commanding in nations? Because of him, some people have places to sleep today. Because of him, one man fighting polio in a continent. One man. Some of us think that maybe when, when the way God fights diseases and sometimes it's just, oh, every sickness die. No, no, no. It's not like that. Not everybody understands every sickness die. Some people understand medication. You know God is science. Every iota of spirituality that we have, that we can think of, there's a science of God in it. Science is the understanding of spirituality. That's what it is. I read a post. Somebody was put it up on her status. The lady, she was due to deliver. CS. A pastor came and said, no way. He took her to church. I started praying. She died. The baby died. I said, eh, it's good for them. Don't thinking. Don't thinking. Look at your neighbor. Say multiply. Say life is bigger than you. Tell him, tell him. Say as I'm looking at you like this. Multiply. Stand to your feet. God is calling us to multiply this season. It's a season of innovation. What am I doing? How can I do it better? How can I reach out to make more impact? How can I find more expression with the little that God has given me? You start where you are. Start with what you have. Begin to make the impact and touch one life at a time. Let somebody wake up in the morning and say, Kai! Well, I, if not for you, may God bless you. Whatever language they want to say. Let someone wake up and look and say, Ah, Sister Becca, Pastor Becca, ah, ah, if not for you, let somebody send you a chat and say, God bless you. Why? Because of the impact you are making in the person's life. All impact is not money. Hope you know that. There's more to it. There's more to it. Lift your hands to heaven. One prayer you will pray. God, let my life count for something. Let my life count for something. Nations are in me. That's how I pray. That's how I talk to him. I cannot just be here. No, nations are in me. People's lives and destinies, they are connected. You don't have to be a pastor. No. In your own little space that God has put you there. There's an 
impact to be made say help me to multiply help me to multiply lift your hands to heaven father we ask of you this morning grace for multiplication to recognize what you have endowed us with so that we can multiply and have dominion and touch lives everywhere in Jesus name amen put your hands together for the lord the preceding message was brought to you by Kingsword Ministries International for information about Kingsword Ministries, visit us at kingsword.org for information and additional resources. Thank you for listening to this message. And remember, where the word of a king is, there's power.